What he's really saying is I am everything you need to live. I'm your basic diet. He's not saying I'm that fresh baked loaf of bread that you just love to eat as an add-on to your meal. He's saying I am the meal. Hello and welcome to the Portland General Baptist Church Sunday School Podcast. What is theology? The word theology can seem intimidating at first, but all it really means is the study of God. Join us as we continue our Sunday School series entitled, Intro to Theology. Well, good morning and welcome to our adult Sunday School lesson. This is part five in our Intro to Theology. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be centering our study in John chapter 6, verses 26 to 59. John chapter 6, verses 26 to 59. Because of the length of the text this morning, I'm not going to read it. Uh, it has many verses to it, but I, I do hope that you will read this. Uh, if you want to pause this recording uh, at this moment and just take some time and read John 6, 26 to 59, that would be an awesome intro to get into this lesson. Uh, if you'll bow your heads in a word of prayer and we will get started. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our time in Sunday school in which we can gather to study your word. Lord, we pray now that you'll take the word, make it alive in our hearts, rejuvenate it inside of us, so that, Lord, we can truly get closer to you and know you more and more. We give you honor and praise and glory for this through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. For the first four weeks, we've been doing an introduction to theology. And I define the word theology, which is simply the study of God. And we've looked at a lot of concepts. We looked at God as Trinity, which is a mystery of the Bible, but God is Father, God is Son, God is Holy Spirit. We looked at the mightiness of God, in which we looked at God's omniscience, His all-knowingness, uh, His omnipotence, His all-powerfulness, His omnipresence, that He's everywhere. Uh, and truly, the impact of those concepts upon our lives. Uh, then we looked last week at the fact that this omniscient, omnipotent God, all-powerful, all-knowing God, can be approached by us because we are children of God. Those of us who are saved, who know that we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are prince and princesses of, you know, of the royal family. We are children of God, and we can come boldly to the throne of grace, and we can cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us. This week, we're kind of getting into a subsection of theology. Uh, some would call it Christology, the study of Christ. We're going to be looking at Christ and we're going to spend the next several weeks looking at Christ by looking at the Gospel of John and looking at his I am statements. Seven times in the book of John, uh, he says, I am. Uh, and uh, as you go through the book of John, he says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door or gate of the, sh gate of the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Those are the seven I am statements that uh, Jesus gives about himself as we're reading the text of the book of John. So we're going to be spending these next seven weeks looking at those I am statements. Now you may be asking, how is this related to theology, the study of God? Two reasons. Number one, if you go back to our Trinity lesson, Jesus is God. Uh, Jesus is part of the Trinity. 
a co-equal, co-eternal part of the Trinity. Uh, and these I am statements are actually reaffirmations of the fact that he is God. As you hold your finger in John chapter 6, flip back in your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 3. It all starts in Exodus chapter 3. Uh, let me give you what happens in, in Exodus chapter 3. This is the story of Moses and the burning bush. And Moses has gone up. The Lord speaks to him and says, take off your, your shoes because the, stand on which, you know, the ground on which you're standing is holy ground. So he takes off his shoes, his sandals, and he approaches the burning bush, which, which is not consumed. And as he approaches the burning bush, he and the Lord have a conversation. As part of that conversation though, and you'll find this in verse number 14. Verse number 14 is a key verse. As part of that conversation, Moses basically says, Lord, if I go to Egypt and I go down to, 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 to deliver your people, they're gonna ask me who you are. They're gonna ask me what your name is. Who are you? And the Lord gives a response, the name that he gives. It's such a sacred name that in the Hebrew, they don't even use it, uh, that they avoid it. Uh, it's actually in Hebrew, four letters, Y-H-W-H. -H. But in the translation, Exodus chapter three, verse number 14, this is the way it's translated. I am who I am. That's the name of God. The name of God is I am, who I am. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, I am who I am. When Jesus turns around seven times as we read the book of John and he's giving these I am statements, they, you know, we hear the edification of what's given for us in Exodus chapter three, verse number 14. God says, I am who I am. Jesus is God as a member of the Trinity, and now he's giving for us seven I am statements, names that he has associating with himself to show his character and his, you know, his relationship, God's relationship with us. So we now go back to John chapter six, verses 26 through 59, and we're dealing with the first I am statement in the book of John. And the first I am statement is, I am the bread of life. Two times in our key scripture, John, John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So we're going to look at this statement and see, see exactly what it is Jesus is trying to get across to us. I am the bread of life. Now I want you to think about bread for a minute. <laughs> uh, if you can't tell from the size of me, I like bread. I like bread, I like pasta, and of course the doctors tell us it all turns to sugar once it gets inside. But I, you know, I'm kind of picky about the bread I eat too. I love fresh, homemade, right out of the oven, white bread. Uh, as hot as it can be. My mom, when, whenever I was growing up, uh, she would either make her own bread at home, sometimes she'd go to Kroger and she'd get those frozen loaves. And she'd throw them in pans, let them rise, throw them in the oven. And as soon as that bread came out of the oven, I wanted my mom to start cutting the bread right then. She said, no, it has to sit for me. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Cut it now. Let that steaming hot bread. And I would cut some and I, I would put butter on it. Oh, that was good eating right there. And, 
my mom's gone to heaven now, but uh, I still go at places where they bring out hot, fresh bread. Uh, in White House, one of my favorite restaurants is Colorado Grill. And one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite restaurants is they bring out freshly baked white bread. They'll cut it, bring out table, it's still steaming hot. And I love that freshly baked white bread. For me, that bread is a luxury. It's not the main meal. It's used almost as the appetizer, uh, the pre-appetizer, if you will. They, you know, you know, they'll bring out the drinks, they'll bring out that fresh, hot, white bread, and I'll eat on the bread till the appetizer gets there. And then I'm still eating on the bread with the appetizer. Then they'll bring out the main course, whatever it is, steak dinner or whatever. I'm still eating on the bread as part, as part of that main course. And if there's still some left over, I may eat some of that bread during, during dessert time. Depends on what's left there. Uh, so the bread is like this extra add-on, if you will, uh, to whatever the main course of the meal is. That is not true in the time Jesus spoke the statement, I am the bread of life. It's not true uh, whenever he spoke the statement. To people of this Mediterranean world at this time, bread was the most important and the basic part of the diet. Their meals, I mean, literally, Jesus talked about bread and water. Their meals were pretty much bread and water. Uh, the bread was the most important component of the meal. If you got an add-on to the bread, such as some fish or some red meat, if you got a slice of cheese or some dates, uh, if you, add, you know, those were the add-ons. And they would say that you ate very well. In fact, what you find in this time period you didn't have many fat people. Now I can talk about fat people because I am fat. You don't have many fat people. And the reason is simple. Your you know, bread is your main diet and you don't have a lot of that. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're bigger, if you have some fat on you, it's because you're wealthy. If I could time travel back in time, and I, even if I wore the poorest of clothes, if I could walk the streets of downtown Jerusalem during the time of Jesus, even if I wore rags, like leper's rags or something, no one would believe I'm poor. And the reason why they wouldn't believe I'm poor is because as I'm walking in downtown Jerusalem, I'm a big guy. I have some pounds on me. And they would know just from my body size I must have some wealth. And I think you know most of us in America, even our poorest, are really wealthier than what the poor of the rest of the world is. And so they would look at me and they go, oh, he has some wealth because I'm walking around and I have a gut to me, all right? Uh, so their basic diet is bread, hopefully with the add-on of some red meat or some fish or so on. So when Jesus made the statement, I am the bread of life, what he's really saying is I am everything you need to live. I'm your basic diet. He's not saying I'm that fresh baked loaf of bread that you just love to eat as an add-on to your meal. He's saying I am the meal. I am everything you need to survive, everything you need to live. I'm the only one who can nourish you along life's journey. You're not going to get nourished outside of me. He's saying, I'm your sustenance. I'm everything you need to live. Now, as Jesus is making this statement in John chapter 6, the Jewish hearers would have heard something a little bit different. 
They would have referred this back to Moses and they would have, you know, as Jesus is talking about the bread of life, and they would have heard, hey, wait a minute, uh, this is like God giving manna down, down out of heaven. Now, as you look at John chapter 6, this is really a conclusion to a story we have in all four Gospels. All four Gospels tell us the story of the feeding of 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, five barley loaves and two fishes. However, John is the only gospel that gives us the subsequent account that tells us what happens next. The other three gospels just, just jump, jump to the next story. But this one keeps the story going and tells us a little more. And this is where Jesus gets into the idea that I am the bread of life that I am the sustenance that you need. Because you see, the Jewish hearers, and, and you can see this back in chapter 6, verse number 31, in which the Bible says, Our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, as is written. He gave them bread from heaven. Then uh, this reply, Jesus says, we, I know that God gave you manna, manna out of heaven in the Old Testament, but right now I'm the bread of life. The Jewish hearers came back, according to John chapter 6. They came came back and followed Jesus because they wanted more free food. You ever gone to a restaurant or a store because they're giving away free food? Uh, or why is it that when we had the, uh, uh, my wife calls them feeding troughs, whenever you had the feeding bars open like at a Ryan's restaurant or something, uh, why is it that we go there and we pay a single price? Because it's pay one price and eat as much as you want. You can go back and go back and go back. You can eat to your stuff. And if you want to, you, you can sit there and read the paper and let some of it digest and go back and eat some more. It's eat all you want. Uh, so Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, and they think this is a buffet. They think this is a wait around for a little bit more, and he'll take five more loaves and two fishes. He'll bless them and give us some more food. And Jesus basically castigated them and said, no, that's not the way it really works. Because um, remember verses 22 through 34, they're coming back hoping to be fed again. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm the true bread of heaven. I'm the one who gives light to the world. I'm the true bread of heaven. The bread Jesus is offering is not the temporary manna, is not the temporary five loaves and two fishes. He's given us the bread that quenches our spiritual hunger, our spiritual thirst. It, he's not talking about physical hunger, physical thirst. He's talking as a metaphor, giving a name for himself. Coming to Jesus is not coming to Jesus like coming to a restaurant, all right, or going to a buffet. It's, it involves believing, coming to Jesus to find redemption and salvation. It's a total life conversion, a total life experience, depending upon Jesus as the total sustenance of your life. I want you to notice what Jesus does not say in this scripture. He does not say that if you come to church each week, you'll get the bread of life. That's not what he says. He doesn't say if you work for the poor or the needy, you will earn the bread of life. That's not what he says. He doesn't even say that believing in God will give you, the, give you the bread of life. Even the devil believes in God. He doesn't have the bread of life. Uh, so that's not what Jesus says either. Jesus is the bread of life, and he gives this bread to those who believe in him and who recognize that Jesus, who's God at work, 
through us to save us and to minister to others. In other words, he gives the bread to make us part of his family. For, 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 for those of us who are called children of God to totally and completely rely upon him. Notice the focus. The focus is the I am statement, the name of God. I am the bread of life. Jesus is the focus. Jesus is the good news. He's the one who offers the bread. He's the one who truly satisfies. The focus is not upon us, even those of us in ministry. The focus is not upon who we are or what we are. It's who he is and what he is. He is the bread of life. He's the one saying, I am. It's not Rich Roberts. It's not Larry Treadway. It's not Rory Anderson. It's, it, it, it is not the ministry. It's him. He's all sufficient. He's the one who satisfies. He's the one who is the bread of life. The focus is completely on him. Now, the question is this. How does Jesus, being the bread of life, truly apply to us? What are the priorities here? How does this truly apply to us? I want you to imagine if you had a dream one night that someone says to you, I have a gift for you. Now, someone says, I have a gift for you. If you're like me, uh, you immediately think of what is the gift? And you, and you go to materialistic things. Uh, I have a friend, this is not a dream, this is real. I have a friend who's a multimillionaire. I have a friend who owns several Airbnbs, who owns commercial property. He is a millionaire over and over and over and over. In fact, this past week, he bought himself a 75-foot yacht. 75-foot, he already owns a plane. His, his regular car is a Rolls Royce. I've told you all that before. Uh, he owns a Lambo, which I got to drive once and so on. He's a multi-millionaire. His one car costs more than all my possessions put together. Uh, he probably owns 50 houses and none of them are shacks. He owns good houses. He owns commercial property. One of his commercial properties has a checkers built on it. Uh, so, so, so he's mega rich. Well, one time... Uh, this was a few years ago. He said, I have a gift for you. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, when a multimillionaire says to someone of my humble income, I have a gift for you, uh, I am immediately piqued in interest. What, what is the gift that he has for me? And, you know, to be honest with you, we are not friends because of his money. I've never asked a man for a dime. He does, you know, that, that's not the type of friendship we have. Uh, but if he says, I have a gift, my mind, just like your mind, is what type of gift is it? Well, it wasn't a material gift. The gift that he gave me uh, was a joke and so on, and it was, I don't want to get into all that. But he didn't give me money. He didn't give me something material. He basically gave me a laugh. Uh, it was a good laugh. Uh, it, was, it was funny. Uh, but, but it wasn't something material. He didn't hand me any money. He didn't give me anything like that and so on. But we immediately go to the material. Someone says, I have a gift for you. We immediately go to the material. That's the problem of the Jewish people in this story of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm going to give you bread of life. I am the bread of life. They immediately go back to Moses and the man in the desert. Excuse me. And then they think that they're going to get something 
some, something material. And it's not that there's something wrong with material blessings. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. The material itself is not evil. However, Jesus' teaching constantly reminds us that there's something more important than money, more important than homes, more important than cars or families or holidays or whatever. What's, what is more important, Brother Roberts, than all of this other stuff? It's the relationship with God revealed in Jesus Christ. That's the most important gift you can have, ladies and gentlemen. This relationship that we have with the Lord is more important than anything else. If we really want life in all of its fullness, if we want the joy of life in all of its greatness, we need most of all that bread that Jesus offers the bread. He is the bread of life, the sustenance of life. And it's only Jesus, Jesus alone, who can give us that true fulfillment that we have in life. Ladies and gentlemen, let me go ahead and put it this way. There's always a void inside, a dark, dark void inside that comes and stays there until Jesus fills the void. People try to fill that void with alcohol. They try to fill that void with illicit drugs. They try to fill that void with other lusts and pleasures of life. But when you have Jesus inside, Jesus fills the void, and in fact, your cup overflows, joy unspeakable and full of glory. When he says, I'm the bread of life, he's saying, I'm your total sustenance. I'm your total, complete enjoyment of life. I'm what gives life meaning for you. I know I sound like preaching today instead of a Sunday school lesson, but this will preach. Just to be honest with you, this will preach. Because it's only Jesus who sustains us in our lives. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm like everybody here. I've done things wrong and I've sinned. There have been many times in my life that I haven't relied upon the Lord the way that I should have relied upon Him. And I've had some great challenges in my life where I haven't totally relied upon the Lord for His leading and His guiding and His sustenance. And you want to know what I have found out? Every time I've tried to solve the problem myself or do things my own way or figure out, you know, this is my plan for the way things should go, every time I try to do that, I mess up. And the Lord uses that opportunity to remind me again, I have to totally and completely rely upon him. That every time I make the decision, I make the wrong one. Every time I let him make the decision in my life, that I turn over the keys of control to him, and I allow his spirit to lead me, his spirit to guide me, it all turns out all right. There have been times I've questioned. There have been times I've said, okay, Lord, I don't understand how this has worked you know, you know, going, going to work with my family. I don't know how this is going to work financially. I, I don't know this. I don't know that. But I have discovered that no matter what, when I let the God, whenever I let God have total, complete control, it all works out. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He'll never let anything tempt me above what I'm able to bear. It's all okay. Jesus is the bread of life. I want to close this Sunday school today with John chapter 6, verse number 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man 
will give you. Don't worry about all of this stuff of the world. Do not worry about all of this material stuff. Your first goal, your first priority is the food that endures, food that endures for eternal life. And that is Jesus Christ, the bread of life. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you today, if you have him as number one, always as number one, everything else falls in line. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we thank you for our Sunday school lesson today. We thank you that you are the bread of life. You're the one who, who, uh, on whom we can have total, total dependence, Lord, because you care for us and you provide for us. I ask now, Lord, that as we've studied your word, as we continue to study John, John chapter 6, you will take the word, Lord God, and plant it in our hearts. Help us, Lord, through this hard time, this COVID crisis, just to continue our reliance upon you. We give you honor and praise and glory for this through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed, were enriched, educated, and edified by this lesson from our adult Sunday school class. Each week, these Sunday school lessons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday school videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.